Hey, welcome once again to another episode of the Cognitive Advice Podcast. I'm your host, David Dylan Thomas, and today we're going to talk about the rather unfortunately named Lake Wobegon effect. Uh, I say unfortunately because it comes from a Garrison Keillor radio show, and he's all uh, wrapped up in the whole Me Too movement. It's kind of a gross situation. But the uh, name of the bias comes from the fictional town of Lake Wobegon from his prairie home companion, and the sort of famous phrase that goes along with that is, it's a town where all the women are strong, all the men are good-looking, and all the children are above average. Um, and the bias really comes down to that notion that, you know, everyone thinks they're above average, which of course is mathematically impossible. And we've seen variations of this in sort of the optimism bias and a handful of other biases that all boil down to you think you're better than everyone else. Um, but this is a particular one uh, around that. And, you know, as it happens, very few people think that they are below average, right? You overestimate your own capabilities. There's a little bit of... Um, Dunning-Kruger going on here too, right? And part of this has to do with the idea that we don't, you know, come up with our self-worth in a vacuum, right? We do it by comparing ourselves to other people. It's very hard for us to sort of objectively think of ourselves as good uh, without saying, well, not good, but who are we better than? Who are we worse than? So we, we like to compare. There's even a little bit of choice supportive bias going on in there too, right? Um so uh, this, you know, uh, shows up again and again. You know, you study students, they all consider themselves more popular than average, right? Um, my favorite bit of this is that given that this is a bias about being bad at self-assessment, if you ask most people, they will tell you, hey, I'm better at self-assessment than most other people are, right? So it's this, you know, <laughs> uh, self-enhancement you know, bias um, inception that goes on after a certain point. Um, now, the the reason I kind of wanted to talk about this this uh, bias today is because I found a kind of an interesting take on it. Um, so a lot of this season we've been talking about these social biases and how they play out differently in different cultures, especially individualist cultures versus collectivist cultures. And so the common thinking around this for a while was that the Lake Wobegon effect um, is more prominent in individualistic cultures than collectivist cultures. And for a time that seemed true, but then someone did a kind of interesting experiment that kind of added a, la a layer of subtlety to that um, and, and kind of blew it out of the water. So the uh, study came from um, this guy, Steve Lohnan, um, L-O-U-G-H-N-A-N. I will let you look up how to pronounce that on your own. Um, a psychologist at the University of Kent in England. Um, so he collaborated with colleagues in 12 different countries um, and the hypothesis was, what if it isn't um, individualist versus collectivist? What if income inequality in your country was a better predictor for how well you rated yourself, right? How much you suffered from this effect. So um, they looked at 15 different nations on five different continents and found a sort of way to kind of a metric for measuring self-assessment, you know, on just how awesome are you? It's sort of like, hey, here, how good are you, how good are you with these traits and how good do you think these traits are to have, right? And so some countries would rate really high for this. A lot of, a lot of people would, would, would rate themselves highly and some would not. And sure enough, they reported this in the October 2011 issue of Psychological Science. I'll link to the uh, PDF in the show notes on the Facebook page. But sure enough, if you live in a country that has high income inequality, like Peru or South Africa or the United States, by the way, I did not realize Peru had high income inequality, um, 
you were more likely to see yourself as better than others. If you live in a place with lower or relatively low income inequality, like a Belgium or a Japan or a Germany, you are less likely to self-enhance. Um, so this was a really interesting result. And if you statistically control for um, the impact of income inequality, there's no relationship between individualism, like in your culture, and self-enhancement, right? So not only did they sort of say, hey, there's this you know, bigger thing here, it's so big, it's actually the individual part isn't actually the key. It is, in fact, the income inequality that's going to be the best predictor of, of are you going to suffer from this bias? And their theory was uh, along the lines that the reason you see more of it in places with high income inequality is because it's rewarded more in places with high income inequality, right? Seeing yourself as better than others, you know, it, high income inequality states tend to be more competitive, right? There's uh, uh, less to go around, right? So you are, um, there's an economic advantage in puffing yourself up and making yourself out bigger to seem bigger than you actually are. And if you look at sort of metrics around CEO effectiveness, right? Um, there's a lot of braggadocio going on compared to actual results, right? But the better you are at making yourself seem like you know what you're talking about, the more likely you are to get hired um, in a lot of different kinds of jobs. There's only a handful of jobs where you literally have to prove that you can do something really difficult, be it a basketball player or a cardiologist, before you actually get the job, right? But saying, oh, no, I can totally uh, increase your... Um, uh, your income 10x, right? Or your investment 10x. Yeah, I can do that. Like how many people have said that? Um, how many hedge fund managers are actually terrible at their jobs, but still make a lot of money? Um, so there is, uh, in places with high income inequality, this sort of economic, you know, evolutionary advantage. We talk a lot about how a lot of these biases come from um, some sort of evolutionary advantage back back in the past, but they've kind of outgrown that now. Maybe this one is actually an adaptation to a current environment, which is why it's different in different environments. Um, and it's it, this is really interesting to me, both from an income inequality kind of you know angle, but also from a you know most biases don't seem like current adaptations; they seem like very old adaptations. This one seems like more of an environmental bias, and that's rare. I haven't seen a lot of those, so it's really interesting to me. Um, but we, you know, you have to ask yourself: like, are you in an environment where you're incentivized? To self-enhance, um, and uh, are there things you know we can do to our environment to disincentivize that? Right? Like, um, are there environmental factors? Like, is this a bias that you can kind of curb by kind of changing you know income inequality? You look at um, companies that have a lower gap between how much the you know lowest paid person makes and the highest paid person makes, you know, tend to perform better, right? And does that have anything to do with maybe people aren't self-enhancing as much in those environments? I don't know. But it's just interesting to me that you're looking at something that, hey, I don't have to fight, you know, millions of years of um, uh, evolutionary psychology. I just have to fight, you know, thousands of years of income inequality. Um, I don't know. It's just an interesting angle. Anyway, um, that is all for uh, this week's episode uh, for the Cognitive Bias Podcast. I'm your host, David Dolan Thomas, and we will see you next time.